Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings be upon you in the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. All glory and praise belongs to God and salutating with salutations the beloved and all the beloveds of God who include Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his holy family. Thank you so much for tuning into our 21st Healing is Believing episode. And today we are discussing an extension to last week's episode, which is spirituality and children. But today we're talking about spirituality and families. Joining uh, me is my co-host, the delightful Imam Saad, and also our spiritual health ambassador, Dr. Isa White Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Imam Saab. How are you today? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Thank you very much. Alhamdulillah. How are you? How are you both? I'm Thank you. And assalamu alaikum, Dr. Isa. Wa alaikum salam. It's a beautiful day in sunny Orlando. I'm so happy to be on the line once again with Imam Saab and you. Um, QW. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it's, it's really um, a beautiful message we have here in terms of what we do at Divine Clinic Foundation, just wanting to help all of humanity, you know, grateful for our teacher, grateful for the classical teachings that have, you know, bestowed upon us and humanity and truly reviving the Islamic um, teachings to empower all of humanity because without the essence you know you can't appreciate you know the beauty and the realms um and the and the the divinity and the love that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his creation so with this um dr isa you know we talk about spirituality and family and i'd like you to start off with the discussion on this uh, subject matter today on how we can help and empower our audience. Well, first of all, I'm so delighted and so happy uh, to be on the line once again, uh, speaking of um, important topics that are germane to the rise and the growth of our community. Um, when we talk about spirituality, i.e. within Islam, it is the least spoken or talked about concept of spirituality in the world. What I mean by that, oftentimes we talk about spirituality and Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and we, and we connect those things as a positive entity in understanding psychology. Well, we have something also, the spirituality within the Islamic framework. And when we talk about spirituality within this framework, within the concept of divine clinic, we're really speaking about the development of a wholesome person, a person who can become one with himself, one with nature, one with the God that he is in. And we also have to focus on the fact that if we are about making the world better and making the world more spiritual and making the world more peaceful, those things have to come one through individual Realization. And secondly, through the family, because the family is what? The pillars of the community. Without the family, there is no community. So we're talking about a new concept of psychology. Now, why is this so important? It's important because this concept of psychology helps us to create a better person. That is a better physical person. 
how we move, how we talk, how we act, all right, the balance. It helps us to develop a better emotional person. How we are able to check our feelings. Everything is not emotional. Everything should not be responded in an emotional rage. Thirdly, it helps us to understand our mentality, how to think clearly, how to rationalize. Then it helps us to become, again, more spiritual. That is helping us to understand the God within us and the God that surrounds us so that we can be more peaceful, more loving. And this is, you may ask, well, why is this so important? And, and why can't you just get this in a typical church or a typical masjid or a typical synagogue or one of those other venues? It is because we have ran away from spiritual growth and understanding. So the Divine Clinic, who we represent, is bringing us back to the center so that we can become more wholesome. Just eating food, good food, doesn't make you more wholesome. Just uh, uh, exercising doesn't make you more wholesome. What makes you more wholesome is better thinking, better actions, better emotions. And, and this is very important because, again, within our society, we have gone away with this. How? First of all, let's say parents. Parents in the Western world, if it's the United States or Canada or Mexico or England or France or even China, the Eastern world, or, or countries in, in Africa, South America, parents all over the world are working almost 24-hour shifts. And what I mean by that, parents are working two or three jobs to make ends meet. So therefore, they are not focusing on spirituality. The second problem that we have within this world is the technology. Technology has become interfaced with everything that we do to a point that we have become slaves to technology. So we're not thinking about self, we're thinking about a contraption we're holding, we're looking into, all right? Who's calling me next? Who's, who posted something on Facebook? What is the next uh, uh, Twitter is saying about such and such a thing? We become slaves to that, so therefore, we are not focusing on spirituality. Then our children, I mean, our children in the Western world especially live under the umbrella of high expectations and competition. So therefore, our students, if again, if it's in Florida or New York or London or Manchester or Paris, our children are studying four or five hours a day just on schoolwork. And if they're not doing that, they're focusing on some extracurricular activity. If it's track, basketball, football, boxing, what have you. So therefore, there is no element of teaching spirituality within the framework of the home because everything is being outsourced uh, to something else. So we as the Divine Clinic is bringing us back to the center. There are certain things that we have to do to create a spiritual center within our homes. That is, one, we have to learn how to talk and respect each other. Children, respect your parents. Parents, appreciate what your children bring. Everything that they say or think should not be 
responded in such a rigid and harsh manner. Let the God within, within them express itself to become more spiritual. Parents, we have to begin to talk more with our children. We have to begin to more, we have to begin to have dinner together with our children. And at the dinner a table, we should talk about and ask questions. Lord, little son, Sonny, uh, what are you grateful for, grateful for today? Susan, what are you grateful for today? Doug, what are you grateful for today? Mommy and Daddy, the same questions. It brings us to a sense of spiritual intelligence and reality. We have to pray together. We have to begin to ignite our spiritual intelligence with, 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 our, with, with our religious concepts, with our spiritual concepts. All of this brings home certain avenues of centeredness and goodness and wholesome. Thus, we have, we have ethics in the house. Thus, we have morality in the house. Thus, we have peace in the house. Thus, we have understanding in the house. Thus, we have real love, real genuine love that's practiced on a daily basis. So, therefore, we are trying to bring this back, and we're trying to understand this and make it understandable to the larger community. Because in, no matter where we live, we want peace. No matter who we, who we speak to, we want a cordial relationship. No matter what the conflict, we want to negotiate. And it's becoming more and more difficult because we as a society, and I'm saying as a world society, we are becoming, we have become unhinged. And so therefore we are completely grateful for people like uh, QW. We're completely thankful for people like Imam Saab. And obviously we are thankful to the Katoo who is helping us to understand what all of this means so that we can be more happy. So that when you see uh, 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 Imam Saab or or QW or myself, you see a shining beacon of spirituality, one that is loving, happy, that we are high, we are high on goodness, an internal and a natural high on goodness, which means that we would do what we want for our brother, what we want for ourselves. All right, and that's how it is. I'm going to stop now and, and let our, our um, tremendous imam who is the epitome of spiritual intelligence, take us to the next level. SubhanAllah. Um, Mr. Issa, Assalamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Assalamu Alaikum Kidabi. Wa Alaikum Salaam. I want to start off by saying one thing, and one thing very clearly that, you know, in, in all of our discussions together, all of the knowledges that have come to you from my mouth have not been from myself. Um, so all of these uh, accolades that you build me up with, Mr. Isa, alhamdulillah, as, uh, as, as uh, thankful as I am, as grateful as I am, uh, these are all things that really belong to the Qutub, really, in all fairness. Because it's by their standing and by their favour, they have pushed me onto this platform. Um, and granted, it was something that I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah. And I know that there's many other people out there also who, you know, have been feeling like the black sheep of the family. We're talking about family and spirituality. 
So it's a good sort of starting point at this at this stage now to maybe discuss the uh, the more significant you know sort of impact on how when you carry the truth how it can also cause you to um, cause conflict with the family itself by and large because and then you have to overcome that conflict and it's through your own self in how you conduct yourself. And that's very important. I mean, anyone who's gone through a life cleanse um, will know that they feel this certain awareness around them. They have this higher sense of consciousness that they never had before or that they were aware of, but it wasn't very clear. And now this clarity has come to them with such force and such beauty and such light that now when they're moving, they're moving with this truth and they only want to be around truth. And the reality is that all of us ourselves, I mean, yourself, Mr. Isa Kitabu, the Qutub, myself, and others who are also part of this uh, this family, that we are essentially one family. We are essentially one family. By coming together in, through this cleansing process, by the hand of the Qutub, we are one family. And like any family, you know, we have to work through our, our situations. And our biggest concern is not for ourselves, but for the concern of others outside of our home, own homes. And we accept that, you know, there will be aunties and uncles around us that we've lived with our whole lives who will be looking at us today thinking, oh, how is this person so-and-so? And how is this person like this? And how, is, how did this happen? Yeah, I remember you when you were a baby, you know, because this is the mentality people have. And when you look into the dunya itself, the world, and you look at all the professionals that you might meet on a daily basis, your doctor, your dentist, your veterinary surgeon, your, your hospital consultant, whatever, you know, your, your scholar, your teachers, all of these people have this professional image in society. But the reality is that when they go home after a hard day's work, they are just a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter. And what we have to understand is that we have to take a sensibility of ourselves to maintain an order of balance in every aspect of our lives so that we can move forward and, and not be uh, pushed back by any resistance. Because that's the thing, you see. I mean, if you look at the stories of the prophets of the past, you'll see that they encountered great resistance, you know. And the larger the truth, the bigger the truth, the bigger the resistance. So what we're seeing in this in this light here, you know, when we're talking about family and spirituality, if we look at even a page from within Islam itself, and we look at the the life of the Holy Prophet, Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, peace be upon him and upon his holy family and his holy companions, what we understand is that even he himself, and it's well documented, that um, his uncle was very very against. Um, this this teaching of of oneness, this teaching of you know becoming more God conscious and be becoming more pure of the mind, pure of the heart. You know, working and striving to open up the soul, to open up the heart. You know, to to show the secrets of the soul. And you know, from what so that story in itself is very powerful. You know, because when the prophet himself lost his firstborn, his son. His, uh, his uncle, who used to live next door, um, paraded around and celebrated this uh, event and said that, you know, you're a man of God. You claim to be, uh, you know, a beloved figure of God. And, you, you know, God has taken your son away. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a very hard thing to digest for a lot of people when you look at things from that perspective. I mean, if you can position yourself in that time, 1400 years ago, where you had someone who clearly was truthful, who was well known in the community, who was now saying to the community that he was a beloved of God and that he had this divine revelation coming to him. And now you're hearing his own family members, his blood, are basically ridiculing him openly. It's another test for that believer. It's another test when you look at that and you think, oh, well, you can't, you know, your, your uncle sees you like this, so how can I see you as a beloved of God? The reality is that those who were the closest to the Holy Prophet at the beginning, they had the most to gain. They were given the best. Um, when you look at the first disciple of the Holy Prophet in terms of a teacher-student relationship, you look at Hazrat Ali, Imam Ali, alayhi salam. Now, when you look at the spiritual orders of Islam around the world, their spiritual chain of, of transmission goes back to the Holy Prophet. All of them, they all go back to the Holy Prophet through their sheikhs and their sheikhs and their sheikhs. But what you see is that prior to going back to the Holy Prophet, the commonality between all of the Sufi tariqas or the Sufi orders around the world, you'll see that Imam Ali alayhi salam, uh, is, is essentially the gate to that city of knowledge from the Prophet in that line of transmission. And that is across the world. So how important is Imam Ali? He is very important. So even when you see that Imam Ali was not actually a blood son of the Holy Prophet, but he was accepted into the household of the Holy Prophet, therefore making him family. And that was very, very important, you know, because we see that from very early on, you know, through that innocence of his heart and his plight and what he fought for, that Imam Ali was given the highest esteemed titles that was not given to anybody else, even Abu Bakr bin Sadiq, yeah, who's also a companion of the Holy Prophet. So what we see is that here is that belief is greater than blood. And that was a teaching given to me by the Qutu very early on in my, in my journey, in my personal journey, um, that belief is greater than blood. And I myself had to fight for my beliefs in you know, my surroundings because people didn't understand what we were, you know, what we were trying to achieve with regards to, you know, trying to help people in a more profound way. And as I, as the Couture put me on this path of learning, they, they essentially put me on the deep end, you know, they, they said, go out there. <laughs> so I went out there and I, I went to different healing, uh, you know, communities and I saw the different levels of communities, how they were dealing with suffering. Of the distressed and the, and the aggrieved, and I was I was seeing so much um, misconceptions and misinformation on certain levels within Islam. I'm saying um, this caused me to like understand that whatever the Qutub was carrying was something of greater importance than what I could understand at that stage. So, and and you know because of that perseverance, because of that determination to truly you know become god conscious and to become more value myself you know what god has given because each one of us who are here today now as part of this you know we have had to go for our own journeys in getting here but that's just the first step and it's about what we do moving forward so even the listeners themselves 
you know, like we've explained already that you may have felt like you've been a black sheep of your family. Um, and there's, there's a good reason for that. But it's probably advisable to come to us and we'll be able to maybe explore that deeper for you. But what we're saying is, by and large, that when you're going down this spiritual path, it's important to understand that God himself did not, um, you know, if God wanted to, he could have all... Uh, he could have all made us from the same house, you know. He could have made us all born from the same mum, the biological, you know, mother, but he didn't. You know, we are all souls who are in different parts of the world, myself in Birmingham in England, and yourself, Dr. Teresa, over in, uh, in, in Florida, in Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, and it's about how now we have come together to essentially bring this truth Um which is very special and you know it's it's about truly in understanding yourself in strengthening yourself it doesn't matter how much resistance that you get from the family or from those around you who cannot understand why you are now this person of consciousness because they are people of conjecture or they believe only in what they see and not what they don't see and this in in turn causes a conflict within their own belief but we we stand true to what the Quran says in saying that if they believe, they believe. If they don't believe, they don't believe. Leave them to their disbelief. In saying that, you know, it's not for ramming it down their throats, is it now? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you have a son yourself, Dr. Isa, you know, and it's important that yeah. you still maintain your relationship as a father to that young man. Yes? But, you know, it's then your responsibility also to teach him about what, what it is and, and guide him through life. You know, and now having this additional layer of truth onto your life, you know, you can guide him or be in a better position to guide him now much better than what you could previously, um, I suppose. So what we have to understand is that it's the truth that when it comes to us, it does define us even more. And with the right teacher, with the right prote protection and the right love and the right support. And that's what we've all been given by the Qutub. You know, all of us together. We, mm, yeah, like Imam Sawan, the challenges we're dealing in the latter times is because of all the development that's going on and we're seeing um, how families are fragmented because you have a parent that has been living a certain life and child, the child evolves and sees that that way is not the right, even though it's simplistic, it's true. And we're told in the Quran, in the, in the verse that it says, your children and your wealth will be your greatest test. Yes. And with spirituality, you know, maybe if you can enlighten us briefly on this, because this verse is so powerful. And many parents, you know, who are fighting to guide their children, you know, their teenagers who are battling addictions or problems. And, um, and at the end, you know, you surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them, because there is the free will, there's choice, we want to harness their environments and keep them in a positive, thriving you know, so that they have a positive outlook in life and able to live it harmoniously without afflicting themselves and harming others around them. So mm. what would be a, you know, some a takeaway that um, parents who are going through this type of ordeal and we're seeing it daily in and out, um, either become so attached to the child and um, and then it becomes even heartbreaking for them when, they lose a child through, um, you know, addiction. 
Interesting, because that's obviously, a, you know, it's a different type of scenario. I mean, what we were exploring slightly earlier in this conversation was about how when you yourself go on this spiritual path, how do you maintain the vision of truth in your own household? And just to wrap up on that aspect, what we're saying is that, you know, be forthcoming with who you are and embrace the truth. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether your parents believe in it or not. It doesn't make a difference yeah, because ultimately what, ha what matters is what difference you are making. And as long as you know the difference right. that you are making is not harming anyone. Yeah. It's not um, it's not putting anybody at risk. You know, it's uh, it's something that is very profound. You know, we're talking about the human soul. We're talking about the human spirit. We're talking about understanding a condition that we have been given since we were created since the first the dawn of of man you know when man was created by adam you know by the advent of adam coming into existence where god's you know god blew into adam and blew the life of of, of god's essence in him you know and what we're saying is that what we have to understand is that you know with regards to spiritual practice and the family that like you said um we take it as part of your test, right? As as individually, like you have to be able to stand up for your beliefs, and that's what God is testing you against. Now, when we're looking on the other, you know, from your from the the last question that you posed there, I think it's very important that if you are a parent and you're listening to this and you are worried about your children, um, who have maybe gone down the wrong path and are causing harm to themselves, because that's what we're talking about now, isn't it? Causing harm to yourself. Yeah, in those instances, it would be best to get in contact with us and maybe for us to examine if there are any negative attachments on that child that are causing them to be the way that they are. And we know that from experience that negative attachments on the condition of the soul, or sorry, on the condition of the spirit of, of that child can also uh, align them to certain types of behavior. Um, you know, and they'll be drawn towards certain activities that are harmful for the body. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of causing it harm, because again, all of this negative energy comes from, you know, effectively the same place where it's trying to work against, you know, your true self, essentially. So what we're saying is in terms of where, you know, we're seeing a rising number of cases as well, where parents are concerned about their their children and they're praying they're going to sacred places you know they're making the pilgrimage to go to uh, mecca and medina you know the holy sites and they're doing all of this and yet their children are not getting any better so the question that i ask right. is, yeah, is if you're praying and you're doing all these things that are incumbent upon you you know and that you see as as you know the things that you should be doing or being recommended by you your religious leaders of your communities then why is the difference still not being made and who is giving you that understanding what we're saying is we can give you some understanding we can give you uh you know without having to go down this route of um you know um you know, making you having to become uh, an academic in spiritual sciences because you don't need to be. You just need to understand what's happening. So if you can accept the truth, uh, you know, um, by all means, you know, please get in contact with, uh, with you know, with the association at info at the Divine Clinic Foundation dot org. And, uh, you know, we can we can look into that. No problem for you. Um, I think what we have to see is that there, as as 
as Dr. Rita mentioned as well earlier, in terms of this rising problem of negative energy and influences, distractive energies around us that is affecting the children. So the children themselves, if we understand that we are living in a world where we are to find God and find our true purpose, then what's happening is because of the advent of technology and all these other things, distractions, what's happening is that you are being further removed uh, from that and you're being moved sidewards so now you've got you know if we understand in islam this you know it said that there's seventy thousand veils between you and god yet god is closer to you than your jugular vein from what, what he says in the quran so it's it, it's a it's a paradox you know god himself is so close to you yet so far so then this part of this journey of life is that you you go and you seek those who are godly people you seek those who are connected to god to understand god and the the question that we're asking is that you know in today's day and age with all this technology as you were saying dr isa is that we're seeing that children are moving away from this seventy thousand veils and they're just adding another few layers on top you know they're adding further veils on the 70,000 veils, because now they're being shifted into like these games and stuff like this. And these, uh, these, you know, these, this sort of uh, cultural illusions in which you're subjecting yourself into this reality, which is not real at all. And we know as a society that's affecting our kids, it's affecting the children, it's affecting our society as a whole, because now these children are lacking certain communication skills that were required, that are required. It's a necessity for us to be able to interact with each other on a societal level. But we're forgetting how to do all these because we're not engaging with each other in the way that we used to. And we have to accept that as part of a result of that is of the disruptive energies around us that is affecting our spirit. And this spirit is connected to our body. So everything is basically falling in line together. And the bodies are now manifesting these diseases of depression, of certain anxieties, of certain illnesses that are born from these disruptive energies affecting our spirit. Hmm. Uh, that's uh, indeed very true, Imam Saab. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your insight. And also Dr. Isa. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you also for joining us on today's podcast. To our audience, as always, we're here to help. And should you have any questions, um, please connect with us at info.divineclinicfoundation.org. And to find out further on our services and the works we do at www.thedivineclinicfoundation.org. Thank you and assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Beautiful. Thank you. So there you go. Some